Ah, that was a very lovely Sunday. Max Verstappen comes to the line, wins the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix. What well I made, that's maximum points. Sprint race, race, fastest lap. Well done. Great job. Red Bull come to Ferrari's backyard and make it a 1 2. Charles Leclerc was chasing after Sergio Perez, but it has all gone horribly wrong for Ferrari in the closing stages. Oh, sorry. I love you guys. We learn from this and stronger next time. Red Bull dominated at Imola, their first one-two since the Malaysian Grand Prix back in 2016. Now, we've come down to the Red Bull Energy Station where all the post-race parties are taking place. Natalie is still on air and then is going to be racing to the airport. I'm hoping we get a word with her, but I've got two brilliant Natalie and Damon substitutes with me today, starting with nine-time Le Mans winner, Tom Christensen, who is also, I like to think, a work colleague of Kevin Magnussen, but we'll get into the detail of that later. What did you make of that, Tom? Uh, yeah, Ferrari land, uh, Red Bull 1-2. I didn't expect that. I expect that to be an all all fight for the first corners with uh, with Charles and, uh, and Max. And... Um, it turned out different. A lot of Tifosis coming in in sunshine this morning and uh, they leave a little bit in sorrow today, but they're still very much uh, in, in lead of the championship. Well, we'll get into the nitty gritty of this race in a second, but uh, our other brother with us uh, this week, Sam Power, of course, regular listeners will remember Sam from Channel 10 in Australia. He's uh, a Paddock Club expert host this weekend. Sam, great to have you back on the pod. In summary... Well, I didn't see it going this way at all. You know, Ferrari looked dominant in practice. They looked like they had a, a definite car advantage. But then Max, driven brilliantly, and Sergio to get back up there as well. Unbelievable performance. So you've just got to hand it to him. You can never write Max off, certainly, as well. It's bloody impressive. Christian Horner, team principal of Red Bull, is joining us now, as is Natalie Pink. And we got some, oh, Nats, you're off air. Covered in champagne from... Uh Christian spraying out. <laughs> yeah, the problem with, champ- with uh, Red Bull, it, it, the smell lingers with you all the way home now, but it's a great, um, it, it's a great thing. You. No, 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 being covered in, in Red Bull, you know, after a, a race like that is, uh, you know, it's a real privilege. Christian, that was mighty. That was a mighty weekend from you guys, 34 points. No, no driver in Formula One history has ever scored 34 points in a weekend before. No, I mean, it was maximum points for... Um, you know, Max this weekend, you know, we were one off a maximum with a, you know, as a team with a 1-3 yesterday in the sprint race. The 1-2 today was you know, a phenomenal team performance. And I think um, all credit to the drivers, to the team here, to every all the guys and girls back in Milton Keynes. The support we've had in Japan from Sakura, you know, from HRC has been been amazing. So, uh, you know, a, a, a phenomenal weekend. And. Now the momentum shift. I mean, it's just changed like that. Everyone coming out of Australia sort of thought Ferrari might be running away yeah. with this. But now, complete opposite. It's started to come back to you now. It's an opportunity to fire up the boys and girls I in the garage. I've said from the beginning, there's just such a long way to go in this championship. And, you know, big points weekends like this one. Um, you know, we've got three of these weekends during the course of the year. And the championship will ebb and flow. The cars are very immature. It's going to be about who can develop the, the best, the most efficiently and effectively. And we bought a little upgrade here. It worked well. Um, you know, we took the risk with only one practice session that turned out to be in the wet, you know, to, to stick it on the car and run it. And uh, 
and it worked and the drivers delivered and um, you know, we're taking home a lot of points, which is great. Do you know what, Christian? I do think you have nerves of steel. I mean, this is such a fickle old business, isn't it, Formula One? But my, my flows. foot was tapping more than, <laughs> more than Charles Leclerc's helmet, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you, the problem with a race like that is, you know, the last 10, 15 laps, you can only lose. And the weather, there's reports of spots of rain coming, and then you, all the reliability things start coming into your mind. And... Uh, you can see it's easy to put a wheel on a wet curb or, or something like that. So it's, it just seems to take forever those last 10, 15 laps. But um, there's always a relief to see that checkered flag. Now, I know you've got to go because you've got a flight to catch. But just tell us really quickly, how excited are you about going to Miami? Miami's going to be super cool. I mean, there's a real hype about Miami. I've never known a race to have so much demand. We are totally, totally oversubscribed. I think there's a waiting list or something like over, you know, hundreds of thousands of people trying to buy tickets that can't get in. And so uh, it's an interesting track. It's a simple layout, but they tend to sometimes be the trickier ones. So it's got a huge straight. Um, so I, I think the racing will be good there. And, uh, you know, it'll be great to see the cars in Miami. And keep the mechanics and the drivers away from South Beach. <laughs> well, I've got no experience of that, Tom, unlike you, so, uh, so, so you're I'll, gonna I'll go. ask you to pass on all your experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll have plenty to do. Christian, one final one to bring it back to Imola. There was a moment where Max lapped Lewis Hamilton today. Yeah, I mean, look, Lewis has had a horrible weekend, but uh, you know, they'll, they'll, he hasn't forgotten how to drive. I mean, only five races ago they were fighting for a world championship, so... Um, you know, they'll get that car sorted out and he, he can still be a factor in this championship. So we don't underestimate you know, any of our opponents. And, uh, you know, what we can do is really focus on ourselves and, and try and ensure that we maximize the opportunities when we have them. I had a really gorgeous message from your lovely wife. Oh, very good. Go girl power. Yeah, she was, was loving your commentary on the sky earlier. She was saying, you know, that there's a real female theme to the coverage yes. this year. She was telling me yesterday... Uh, because she, you know, she watches quite a bit of it, and uh, she's saying the graphics, everything, you know, the girls that are on there now, you know, doing a, doing a great job. So well, you know it's, what? it uh, all started with her. She is the original it's good to see proponent. Yeah. There we go. All Thank right. You. All the best. Safe home. Job Thank on, you. Man. So Natalie's been uh, lead prez on uh, Sky Sports F1 this weekend. How much have you enjoyed it? Do you know, I've absolutely loved it. I think it's uh, going to be quite hard going back to reporter role, isn't it? Because it's such a buzz, just like. Hours and hours and hours of live TV. And we've really kind of had everything thrown at us this weekend because the weather has just kept everyone on their toes, hasn't it? I mean, we have been frozen to the core. And uh, I'm not even going to Miami. You lot are going to go and have this uh, massive party. On the we will you, report back from okay, South well, Beach. Do you know what? The, just to rub salt in, the, in a very sore wound, my husband is going with eight <laughs> of his mates for his 40th. I'm staying at home to look after the kids. And he's going on a bit of a jolly. Yeah. The year award goes straight to Thank you then. You, that's darling. that's, yeah, that's yeah. clearly in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, Natalie touched on the dodgy weather. And I think this is a question for a, a nine-time Le Mans winner. By the way, six of those consecutively. That was a hell of a wave you were riding for a while back <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah, a few years ago, yeah. That's true. <laughs> but look, dodgy weather. Mm. How do you how do you get your head round a weekend like this when it's predominantly wet? Then there's one dry FP2, and then it's a wet dry race, just like a triple stint at Le Mans, right? It's very stressful. It's very stressful, and uh, and particularly the longer the circuit, like a Le Mans 13.629 kilometers long circuit, 
sometimes it's just local rain. The rain is always coming in at one part of the track, and that creates um, uh, always uh, drama. I mean, we, we saw in qualifying, I mean, uh, Carlos Sainz got caught by the rain was coming in at... Um, at the two final corners, uh, when 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 he just got on the curb there, uh, on a on a lap being a bit hot, it was raining a little bit extra, and off he went. And these are things, and that that stress is always there at Le Mans, but certainly also also in Formula One. Hey, Adrian Newey, Tom's just saying hey. <laughs> That's how we greet people on this show. Are we, we met, when they've got a one-two. We so met on the grid. We met on the grid where I, I, I saw Adrian. He was checking the colors on other cars. And uh, I don't know exactly which the papaya uh, color on the McLaren is, but I mean, I'm sure you can ask the, the master himself. Well, Adrian, I want to know um, just how much of a buzz it gave you to see that straight line superiority that your car had over Ferrari today. I mean, it was, it was seriously impressive. I mean, yeah, the reality is though, it's so close. So the way we set up the car this weekend, we were very slightly quicker on the straight. They were kind of quicker in some of the corners. So the lap time is so similar. And yes, we had a great result, but the reality is you're talking a couple of tenths here and there. So it's, it's such a fine balance. He's not getting carried away then just yet. Adrian, have you got the fastest car in Formula One now, do you think? Yes, probably today, but... You know, clearly um, in Melbourne we didn't. It's, I think it's going to be like last year between Mercedes and ourselves that some circuits will favour one car, others may favour another. So it's so difficult to forecast four races and it's, it's just very close. Is, is this going to come down to a, a massive development race? I mean, there's so much still to understand about these cars, it seems. Is, is that going to play a huge factor, surely, in the championship? It, I mean, development for sure is important. The other complication this year is the cost cap, yeah. because it means that we have to develop within that kind of restriction. So perhaps we're making choices where things we might have introduced before, we will wait for a bit longer, try to build up a bit more of a package before we introduce it, because we just can't afford to do what we used to do you know, last year or even years gone by where there'd be something every race. Adrian, we're getting excited about Miami. What can you tell us from a technical point of view? Uh, we've, of course, um, done some initial work on the simulator. Uh, as we understand the circuit will be, it's difficult because if you don't have the curbs quite right or you don't have the, the surface roughness of the tarmac, which is always a, a bit of a variable quite right, then that can affect your simulation quite a lot. We thought we would be okay in Melbourne and we weren't, so I, I have to be cagey about it. Cagey, but I do think that you uh, need to enjoy yourself tonight and, you know, let your hair down just a little bit. You deserve it. I mean, <laughs> magnificent. To come on to Ferrari's home patch and come away with a one-two, I mean, come on, you, you can afford a, yourself a big <laughs> smile. Uh, no, absolutely. So uh, the plane tonight will be uh, definitely a relax and... Um, Enjoy the moment for sure. I think you always try to do that. You know, if you have a bad race, kind of rule of thumb is always to kind of lick wounds on a Sunday evening. But Monday has to be you get back in and, and, and get on with it. You can't afford to feel sorry for yourself. And, and and it's kind of if you have a great result like today, it's exactly the same. Enjoy, really enjoy it. But tomorrow, I'm sure it'll hopefully be a great kind of feeling in the factory. But 
we've got to get down and keep developing. Adrian, I so admire so much about your career, but your competitiveness now is, it seems to me as it was probably 30 years ago when you started this game. Is that true? Uh, Frank, I remember Frank when I was at Williams saying um, that he thought I was the most competitive person in Formula One. And I was, I don't know, so I was kind of in my late 20s at the time, I think. Well, early 30s, sorry. And I, I initially thought, oh, I'm not sure that's, I felt slightly sort of, oh, that's a bit of a bit of an insult and then I thought well I guess actually for Frank that's a real compliment and yes yeah, so I enjoy the I love the design and the engineering working um, working with my colleague engineers at the factory working with the drivers and that sort of blend of sports competition which it is it's a, it's a design competition or design and human competition I think that's it's Outside of perhaps America's Cup, there's almost no other um, form of sport where you have this significant engineering combined with man and machine. Well, I have to say, I am in constant awe of this man. In fact, I'm very proud to call him a friend. He's the brainiest person I know. Hey, I'll second everything you've just said. Christian is uh, pulling... He's going to miss his lift. Time to go. Well done. Enjoy. Congratulations. And I've actually got to go as well. I've got to love and leave you and jump on a flight, but... Guys, sorry it was short. Are, are you flying yeah, with them? No chance. <laughs> Thanks. Travel safe. Thank you. And um, yeah, I will see you on the other side. Great to have Adrian Newey. TK, have you ever driven one of his cars? Um, only at Goodwood, and that's what I wanted to touch uh, on. But I just, as he's now leaving, uh, going out of the door, I mean, he understands drivers as well because he wants to be one as well. And that has been part of his, uh, his legacy as well, to not only designing the parts aerodynamically, but also to understand what the drivers will or can live with. Because we always know the cars are critical. The cars are critical into having the, the right uh, sort of attitude uh, to deliver. And uh, there he needs to go very much in hand with, uh, with his drivers over, over the, the, the whole time. And you can go back the last, the last one and with Ricciardo, then with Fettel, and then you can go, go back and see he developed some relationships at the very top. And obviously with, um, with Verstappen, he has uh, somebody who understands exactly what aero package he needs on, on, on top of the rest. Yeah, no, it's stunning, wasn't it? Well, look, I feel we've done Red Bull. They were hugely dominant all weekend, but we can't talk about Red Bull without talking about Ferrari on home ground. What a weekend. I mean, who wants to start with Carlos Sainz? That guy just cannot get a break. He can't. Um, it's tough. It's going to play on the psychology a lot. I think, you know, one of the things he's, he's had his contract renewed. That's a massive positive team wanted to get behind him. He's got that two year deal, which has been great. Um, but yeah, he's, he's going to have to regroup now. He's, I, I think he's got that confidence still. You know, it's going to knock him. But if he can hit the reset button, get back into the next Grand Prix, get a solid result, build the momentum again, then he can really start to help Ferrari, particularly the constructors' battle, which might become a big factor. I think with, with, with Carlos, he has been really unfortunate. Obviously, Charles is delivering from the really at top notch all the time until his mistake at the Variante Alta today. Uh, so in that sense, it's of course tough. But he has been very unfortunate. Uh, red flag coming out in qualifying in Melbourne. He had to change the steering wheel, some electronic issues. He was in the midfield then... Um, 
at the start there were some issues and then he went off, no points there. Then in qualifying he goes off, yes, it's starting to rain a little bit and just on the last curb, probably quite a lot would have been have been doing the same in the same situation. He was on to a fast lap and according to himself, he wasn't even pushing really well. I spoke to his his dad. They are very level-headed in that sense and they understand and maturely about it. But you know, they, they are, they're, they're competitive, but there's no, there's clearly to say he's very touched and he's disappointed, but uh, he needs a win to really to be able to come back and, 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 and and do something really good for Ferrari. Carlos is now 48 points behind Charles Leclerc in this world championship. And with the upturn in form from Red Bull that we've, that we've seen here, is this a tricky situation now for the Ferrari management? Do they now need to start supporting their lead driver in this championship fight? Uh, they do that all the time. Uh, there's no doubt. They, they, they don't support him uh, more. They will, they will focus in to get both cars uh, like Red Bull also do. But for sure, Leclerc, the confidence he has is the same with Max. They're tough to beat. They're the world best drivers at the moment with the package. Uh, there's no doubt that you will come and talk about some other high performance, but these have the tool to fight for the world championship. And according to me, these are the two fighting for that. So in that sense, the priority is, of course, to always to uh, to focus on the guys with most points, but to win uh, over an opponent, you need both drivers to finish like Red Bull did today. Uh, that's why they are so, I mean, everyone is around us, is because they get a one-two. It's so much uh, meaning for a team. It gives so much uh, more energy and, let's say, reward within the team, in, particularly on the mental side. And Tom, what about the mistake made by... Charles Leclerc. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. You're here in Ferrari land. You see the Tifosis, everything. I mean, coming into the racetrack here, he was uh, he was robbed the watch a few days ago as well. There's a lot of pressure of being uh, running at the uh, at Ferrari. It's probably in sport. It's probably the highest pressured team you can when you're running for the World Championship. Uh, he stopped for the soft tires. Red Bull did accordingly after that to protect not only the fastest lap but also going to the end of the race. And I think the, the pressure in that sense is, um, uh, was uh, not necessarily getting to him. I think he just got a bit too greedy. So going into Varianta Alta with the extra grip he had from the soft tires, he, uh, he took a little bit more curb, just taking a little bit on an unnecessary uh, risk, which he didn't realize before the car was, um, was flicking with inertia going the other way. And unfortunately he, for him, he touched the wall and broke the nose. Otherwise he would just have recovered easily after the spin to finish third. Now he had to take a nose and uh, obviously dropped a lot of, uh, a lot of points. One of the questions I wanted to ask Christian and Adrian is when the fastest lap games start and they're, and they're all trying to vie for this one point after yeah. they're trying to amass, you know, as we said before, a record haul of 37 points. Yeah. That's got to be a nervous time in the pit wall. And to do it in those conditions, is about as hard as you can get. Yeah, that, that is. I mean, that is risky. But at the time, they, they ha are that point where they have everything in in uh, in control but Charles got uh, kind of greedy he wanted second he didn't want to to stay third and uh, being championship leader for sure he um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he regret that for uh, for a few hours that's for sure do you think do you think that's going to focus Ferrari because I, I think going back to Carlos a little bit you know I see that he'll 
he'll have a chance now to have that reset, to have refocus and go back to basics. Same with Charles? I think no. He will take it. He is, he is very confident. There's no doubt that he, it will be it will reset tomorrow. But the, the fact that they didn't bring any sort of upgrades uh, coming in due to... Yeah, very uh, good everything. point. But, but this Red Bull did because they're on the back foot with points going into the weekend. So that's sort of the risky game you play when you play catch up. That's something they will probably uh, consider maybe next time they, 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 they shouldn't do. But nevertheless, upgrades needs to improve the car. And uh, that's what we will see next time on again on a different uh, on a different circuit. Because I believe all the teams, nobody have the they're constantly changing something on the car. They're not really going into any weekend without doing some something. And obviously some are doing a lot more than others but they're running the car stiffer and the team teams with more problems are running the car even stiffer to solve the pushing the bouncing and of course a stiffer car creates a low mechanical grip and very and it becomes inconsistent so every time they go on the track they've changed something the feedback from the tires are different every time as well so Somebody in big troubles, it becomes like a wild horse, uh, blindfolded in a way, because they are, they obviously <laughs> are, 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 are struggling. It's a great analogy. Are struggling to have uh, the, the, the perfect feedback. And we don't have the perfect feedback from the car. It's very difficult to be um, uh, fast and, and, let's say, consistent as well. Would you rather be the hunter or the hunted? If you ask me, I... Uh, I would, I would rather be the be the hunted, but I like uh, the position of hunting. So when you're hunting, you are more free. You are going more in. But mistakes, in a way, are happening. But as we heard Christian uh, saying before, uh, he's so nervous. When you have the lead, you have something to lose, and that is something with place in your mind when you have something to lose. But of course, you have more time to think that when you're on the pit wall, that when you are in a race car. But a driver, when you are hunting, you're just putting everything in, taking the extra risk, which sometimes really comes back in performance, which is nice. And that's what we saw last year with Lewis Hamilton when he was hunting down. On Max Verstappen we saw I thought we saw the best Lewis we've ever seen at the end of last year yeah and that's what we see with, with, with Verstappen now but he will have to change sort of his approach in direct fight with Leclerc which unfortunately we didn't see today but of course he can't and uh, let's say when you go towards the end of the ra- uh, end of the season, having less points than the guys you are hunting, the way you are fighting them has to be maybe a little bit different than Max was fighting uh, Lewis towards the end of the championship 2021. Lewis Hamilton, 13th in the Grand Prix today. It, it, it just looked like he he couldn't do anything with the car, and I, I kind of I, I sometimes think whether or not he. Didn't want to risk it as well, you know, make a, a bad situation already a little bit worse. But by trying to put a car in the position, get a bit desperate, cause a crash, it's so easy to do with those those conditions, especially when you have to try and pass a car. You've got to go onto the wet part of the track. He didn't have DRS for a lot of it. So, you know, but at the same time, you saw George making some unbelievable moves and, and moving up the grid and driving very, very well. So, yeah, it's struggle town for him at the moment. But, you know... Like as Christian said, you know, he's, he's a seven-time world champ. He's not forgotten how to drive. So I think maybe more to that than what's meeting the public eye. I was surprised to see George outperform Lewis to the extent that he did this weekend. I mean, George is driving unbelievably well. I mean, he's... 0.4 of a second in qualifying. I know it was wet, but that is still a huge margin. And then, I mean, amazing start. He went from 11th to 6th at the start and never looked back. Very much so. I do wonder whether or not they've realised that they're in such a predicament that 
you know, in order to try and gather more information, they've split the cars in terms of what they're trying to pursue and set up, trying to find as much answers as they can before they go into their big update cycle. Because Adrian, just listening to him then, it was fascinating to hear that you actually need to qualify so much more now. They can't throw the resources that they used to before. So I'm just wondering whether or not there's a bit of information collection. That would certainly explain some of the radio messages after the race with Toto. Louis, hi. Sorry for what you have needed to drive today. I know this is undrivable and uh, not um, what we deserve to score as a result. So we'll move from there. But I, this was a terrible race. Yeah, no worries, Toto. Just uh, keep working hard. Yeah, we will, we will come out of this. What sounded like quite an apologetic and heartfelt, we didn't give you a good car. It was undrivable, clearly. So... Yeah, I, maybe maybe they're just sort of discretion is better part of valor. Suck it up, white, right now, and then hopefully when it when it comes good, they can make the most of it. Undrivable to P four in the hands of George Russell, though. Yeah, but but the, I think that's what Sam touching on the thing that I think they they split the tear, the program, and in that sense, Lewis is taking on bigger changes on the car, trying to find a direction because they they clearly hasn't a direction. They haven't found that, and they admit that they haven't found the direction with the car to develop it. And if you have that bouncing, porpoising thing, they have gone. That's the car I mean, who is running incredibly stiff to solve that. So they are solving an issue which they they think they or where they drop a lot of performance and uh, i don't know in my mind they had a really really clever rear suspension last year which was working incredibly well to the new rules you can't have this this year and if you don't find that uh, consistency with the with the bouncing you have and having to run nearly solid then it's then it's difficult so the changes they do i'm sure lewis will take yeah do it with me let me give you the feedback that's what he wants to do on the other hand george russell young handsome incredibly strong is coming in he's trying to establish himself Lewis is trying to be an eight-time world champion that's running out of the hands they admit that as well obviously but with George they, you have somebody coming in he's probably relatively quiet giving good feedback and obviously accepting to get on with something which is in a way not entirely acceptable but finishing P4 Sam you're spot on he's one of the top performers today likely with Max Verstappen and so did Albon Albon was uh, doing strong with uh, Williams as well those two are the for me the high performers and of surprise of the year but I mean particularly uh, as you said George Russell he's performing well but I think when you saw with Charles Leclerc, he was also last year, he was outperformed by the season by Carlos Sainz, who is in trouble. When you smell you're fighting for a world championship, there is a step up in, in mentality, in performance, in concentration, and it's something else. And at the moment, I don't think Lewis, oh, he he's not fighting for the world championship at the moment. He's fighting to get the car back to fighting for a podium. Okay, I like to talk about tier one, tier two. Who are the drivers, TK? in tier one for you in Formula One? Who are the, the top level drivers? Who would what you do put you mean in generation? Or no, 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 who are the fastest guys? Who, who's in, no, no, but I, who'd you put, you I, put Leclerc? Lewis they, Hamilton, they, they are Verstappen. Uh, absolutely, those. Is George Russell in that group? George Russell, uh, he has already shown that he has the ability to do that. But um, yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to uh, win, and of course that's what they are. He 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 he's certainly fighting for. Would you put Lando Norris in that, Sam? 
I would, yeah. I mean, I, I said to him in Australia, I, I think I owe him a box of Pro V1 golf balls now because I said to him, mate, you could get on for a podium. And he's gone, oh, steady on, mate. We're not there yet. And uh, lo and behold, so weirdly, I bet him something that I have to give him something for rewarding. He doesn't have to give me anything. You bet me something? Uh, absolutely, mate. What? what we're <laughs> on some golf balls. <laughs> I can spot you some. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, unbelievable. He's got some good history here as well. He was obviously on fire here last year. Um, he That's did a true, brilliant, a brilliant job again. Um, he's putting the McLaren where it needs to go. Andreas is incredibly proud of him. Um, Dan had a difficult weekend. I think he tried to make the best out of a hard tyre strategy. That was, you know, with the temperature of the track conditions, I think that was going to be very difficult. It looked like everyone's strung to warm up their tyres. But yeah, Lando, un- unbelievable performance. I reckon he's right up there. Well, he said after the race that McLaren he thinks, had the third fastest car this weekend. Wind the clock back to Bahrain. I mean, I, it's interesting to get your thoughts. Have you ever driven a race car where you've, you've rolled it out and it's gone, uh-oh, this isn't good, and then a couple of races later, it's like, actually, hang on, <laughs> we've got to flick this switch on, now we're all of a sudden incredibly fast. No, that you turn, uh, not really, but I mean, you, you certainly uh, have worked on, on, on terrible race cars and, and then it's really, really, really difficult to turn it around. And to, uh, to see this with this generation of, of one cars, yes, McLaren uh, are very much the one which uh, have been able to do that uh, at the moment as sort of the only one. Right, we've had to clear out of the Red Bull Energy Station because it's dinner time. So we're now in the paddock, watching people scarpering out to the car park. Doesn't, this doesn't stop, does it? This no. world of Formula One. Everyone's thinking only Miami now. They are, and uh, of course, there's still a lot of people in shorts. So obviously, it was sunshine this morning. Now it's really it's uh, heavily raining. It's Matthias Lauda coming out of, uh, of the paddock and... Uh, He's probably looking for his mountain bike. He's doing a lot of cycling these days. It's good to see him as well. But a lot of people have come with big expectations for this uh, this weekend. And uh, I think it really... I love this track. Don't off. you love this track, Sam? Oh, it's special. I mean, even when we... Came, it was so weird coming here without fans. But you walk it and there's just a majesty about it. It's like this quiet... Elevation changes. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. It's, it's a lot larger than you, than you come about on TV. Did you ever race here at all in the other yeah, series? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. And, uh, and I also think that uh, I was here with sports cars and you feel a little bit similar like when you're on onboard with this. Now the 18 inch, the cars are a little bit heavier. I'm, I'm not a fan of that F1 uh, nearly 798 kilos. That's a bit too much for me. It's like a me. sports car. Yeah, okay. it's very, very close. And that, that, that's uh, sort of, a, yeah, that's my critic of... Of, of, of this program. Uh, we need to have uh, the weight a bit lower again, but uh, it's tough because they are, some people are even, or some teams are even running uh, a little bit over that. Uh, they struggle to get down to that weight limit alone. But being and driving on the track, I mean, Tamborella one and two, Variant uh, and down to Asca, uh, Villeneuve, you have the slow Tosa, you have Piratella, Aquaminerale, then uh, Variante Alta, and then down to Rivazza. It's just lovely corner names and the direction change you have, particularly at the Tamborello and down to uh, corner five and six, uh, you really have to have a lot of energy in the car and a lot of heart. You really have to throw the car in to expect to, uh, uh, the dynamic to, to, to come out again. So many, many, many uh, drivers are finding the first sector toughest. 
including myself. Now, I thought you were segueing into talking about Alfa Romeo when you started talking about weight, because they were the only team on the weight limit, weren't they, at the start of the year? Mm-hmm. They then raised it by three kilos to the, to the 798 that you talk about. But, I mean, let's talk about Alfa Romeo. Valtteri Bottas, fifth, really pressuring George Russell at the end of that race. He's like a man reborn. He is. He is. I mean, I was getting severe flashbacks to uh, to last year with with George Russell taking on Valtteri in in the Merc, and it was the opposite of that, wasn't it? Do you think oh, it was in his mind what <laughs> happened last? God, yes, it had to be. I mean, you, you know, going into turn one as well with the DRS, you know, he he had to be. But you know, they both driven good races at that point, and I think you know he's he's a cool, calm head, isn't he? He he knew that he was. It's going to be tough to make that move stick. Absolutely, and it was it was a great fight within the race as well. Uh, absolutely, and they uh, they know what they're doing, and it's 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 great to see somebody leaving uh, the world championship constructing team, going and having such a good start with his uh, with his new adventure. Just going down the finishing order now, I'm very sad that Natalie's had to go and get this plane because. She is president of the Yuki Sonoda <laughs> fan club. <laughs> really? I mean, we don't, we don't actually have time right now to talk about... If, if Natalie had been here, you just press play and Natalie will just talk about Yuki all night. She loves him. Uh, and so we should. But Yuki, seventh today. He had a pretty sticky weekend last time out in Melbourne, but he, he really came good today. Yeah, I mean, Yuki, Yuki was exceptional. All he really needed to do was just try and get some, some points on Gasly. I mean, Gasly is, is a very, very well-known commodity now in Formula One. The win in Monza transformed him. He drove unbelievably well throughout last year. Now, you, I mean, Yuki's always had speed. He's always had that natural speed. He's just had to sort of just bring it down a couple of notches, maybe sometimes are trying a little bit too hard or pushing a little bit too much. Now he's starting to get a little bit of that maturity. Red Bull see that, and they, I think they do prefer having a driver that's incredibly fast and just, you know, sort of just calming them down a bit. I think that suits their program quite well. Um, so it's paying dividends, and look at him, P7. He needs to stay at home every Grand Prix weekend. He, he was at in his house and commuting from Faenza for this weekend. That's, that's obviously the, the magic ingredient. Yeah, and maybe also add a little bit that Gasly had uh, the coming together uh, in the sprint race yesterday and had to start further back. Yeah, that put, a, that put a bit point. of a yeah, mental, mental uh, performance, energy, strength to the other driver. And I think that's something which uh, uh, makes Sonoda, knowing that he has uh, a good and valuable chance to do well today, and, and, and he certainly did. I want to I mention Seb Vessel. After rebounding, after uh, what was probably described as one of the, the hardest Grand Prix that Aston Martin will ever go through, to finish in the top ten, I mean, bravo. Yeah, but, but the key to that again, the key to that again was Fettel being the first to go for slicks. I mean, I, I know uh, Dan Ricciardo did it first, but obviously being had the coming together and, and um, uh, with signs he was sort of running from the back but as the first competitors that brought him into the points that's for me to be the first to go on slicks and that's that's uh, inspector sap normally he did go to the medium as the first guys i ran off to get mike crack the team principal of aston martin look mike what a tremendous day for you guys both cars in the points uh, i see relief all over your face Yes, today it's a good day. Um, so we we uh, uh, we saw with the conditions how they were. We before the race we sat together and said, you know, we, we need to do to maximum today in terms of making no mistakes at all and try to grab what others leave. And this is what we did. Uh, the car was not. I mean, you saw yesterday in the in the sprint that we can be faster. We can be. Uh, 
uh, we were on the defense all the time. Yeah, so Sebastian lost a couple of positions. But uh, so we, we decided, you know, we need to really concentrate maximum not to not to make any mistakes today. And uh, it worked out. So the, the key was uh, your pit stop to Seb being the first. I mean, Ricciardo, yes, but he was running last. But the first of the competitors, you brought him in early. Yes, that was a, a brave move, but it really worked out. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that was one, one of the points. And the second one was what we have learned yesterday in the sprint, you know, how to manage the tires, because yesterday we had quite a lot of graining. Um, and we knew that the, with on the, the front with the, or rear? on the front mainly, and uh, we knew that the longer the race would be, you know, the more the, the differences in pace of the cars will play. So you need to have tires at the end of the race when it starts to be hard. And you saw it with Kevin, for example. You know, we man we managed to hold Kevin because I think he took his tires maybe a bit too hard in the beginning, and Zep managed it really well. And the same for Lance. You know, he had the whole train behind him, but they were never really coming in the position to attack. So they did well. My team did well, so today I'm relieved, yes. <laughs> Smiling. Now, you were Seb Vettel's, tell me if I'm wrong, engineer when he made his Formula One debut donkeys a years ago. How has he changed in the, what is it, 17 years since? Who has changed more, him or me, maybe? <laughs> you don't look a day older, mate. <laughs> yes. Uh, he has yeah. more hair, at least. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, he, he has more now, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, he was a kid, he was really a kid, and, and now he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a four-time world champion, so you cannot really compare. Um, uh, on the way out, he first of all, he pressed the pit limiter too late, so, you know, he made all these rookie mistakes that today <laughs> he doesn't make anymore. So, yeah, you cannot really compare. Brilliant. Well, there are lots of Aston fans cheering today. Well done to you guys. Tom McCulloch is driving you to the airport and uh, you don't mess with Tom because he's a big guy. Yes, uh, he's a, and he's a good driver, so it will be fine. <laughs> Otherwise, I go with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, well done. Thanks. Fantastic. Yeah. Well done, Mike. They have had a great day. They have, yeah. I've, I mean, that's what they need. They needed to bounce back. Job done. Head into Miami. The spirit's in much better condition. Can we talk Great Danes? And I'm yes. not talking about you, too. Exactly. <laughs> you no, are a Great Dane. I, we, I know what, where we are going. I mean, Kevin coming into Formula One was so uh, unexpected due to, of course, these terrible, terrible circumstances we have in the world and still have, unfortunately. But Kevin back for um, for not only Denmark, but just for um, for Formula One. It, it, it was really good news. And... He is still going uh, incredibly strong. He is in the in where he is in the life at the moment is uh, the 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 best place he has ever been. He's more relaxed. He's happy. He's a father. He has been worked uh, worked as we have done um, as Sam and Tom uh, in the commentary. He has been working a bit in the studio with us at Via Play in Denmark last year as. At, the same time when he was doing sports car, of course, for Chip Ganassi in the States and signing the deal coming uh, to Le Mans with Peugeot uh, and then driving with his dad at, at Le Mans in a not so competitive car, but they were doing the best they uh, they could at high class racing. Uh, so in that sense, they have he's had a wonderful year. And then to get that call from uh, from Gunther, uh, <laughs> that uh, it's dreamy stuff, isn't it? You couldn't it, make it up. It is, but then at the same time, it's right when the car has fully developed. They put uh, a lot of energy and uh, and money into it, and with the new concept, 18 inch, which is very similar like a sports car, the weight limit even higher, uh, like a sports car. Everything just fitted, and he goes in, and he is he was fastest at the pre-testing. Um, we didn't sort of pay much attention to because I mean they had they had a, a late freight and so they were the only ones running in the very evening. I remember watching that and we all thought, 
Oh, yeah, because it's Bahrain, the track just gets incredibly fast at yeah, night. Yeah. And, but I, actually, they've got genuine pace. They got genuine, genuine pace, of course, also probably a little bit too just the temperature but there's no doubt that where Kevin is and uh, also the team works well I mean him and Mick are getting on really well and it's not sort of a direct competition in that sense I mean uh, Mick uh, is is taking uh, taking a little bit more uh, being younger so it's a little bit like a younger brother they are really communicating well and I think that's um, a brilliant situation for Haas, which uh, probably the team fights uh, they have been used to, both with Grosjean and, and Kevin, which of course you can say helped the team, but also sometimes it, they had some contacts. And we saw that even last year, which was uh, of course hard to watch because they were so far off the pace last year and still having coming together. So uh, this year Haas is in a good place. And so is the, the great Dane Kevin and, uh, and Mick Schumacher. Kevin, of course, finishing ninth. We've talked about the weight of these cars and, and the fact that Kevin was doing sports cars last year. In a funny kind of way, was that quite good preparation for Formula One 2022? It was, and I, I, yeah, I think it's very good uh, preparation for him. The 18 inch, the weight, driving sports cars, a lot of traffic, and having a car which you always have to uh, optimize a bit on. That has been good to him. I listened on the radio uh, a few times uh, uh, yesterday with the feedback with the engineer, and, and he, he he's very calm. He's not. He's not demanding a lot more and he's very honest when he say through these corners uh, it's not going to happen there we are on the limit we have to focus on here and there can you help me a bit more can i use a bit more curb and then straight away they can show an onboard camera from somebody else who is a little bit faster at that sector and uh, he's very mature and asked for help to optimize in 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 a, in a in a in a very good way and in a calm way and in a confident way and out of the car, I mean, to see him smiling and happy, it's, um, it's really what uh, sports is all about. Can, can I ask you one question on the mindset thing? You know, going away from Formula One for a year and then coming back seems to be something that's actually working very well for people like Alex Albon, for people like K-Mag. Being more comfortable, more relaxed in your mindset, is, is that really a massive key to unlocking performance? Because it seems like these guys are, are maturing in that way. Yeah, they're certainly coming back and, and deliver and, and delivering. Albon is de- delivering very well with the, with, with the Williams as well. Uh, he had done a lot, of, a lot of simulator work, obviously, and I think that has been his uh, sort of uh, race or progress when he, when he came back. But certainly uh, uh, Kevin has come back mentally having the perfect thing in life. And um, we are joined by another one. Uh, not, and this time it's not Tom, but um, he brought uh, Esteban Ocon. And it will be uh, nice to hear a little bit of his experience here at the lovely Imola circuit. Hello, Welcome to everyone. the show. Thanks I'm a the, lot, Tom. I'm now the Tom taking over from the... <laughs> yeah, we go from, right, there's too many Toms on the show. We go from Tom, <laughs> Tom C to Tom K. Uh, very good, very good. Well, great race today from you, Esteban. Well, not really. I think, a tough uh, weekend. A tough weekend, yeah. But I think good to catch up uh, half of the grid in two days, but not enough you know, to get into the points. So... Yeah, we are looking forward to, to go to Miami, see what we can uh, we can get there. There will be some new parts on my car, new performance parts. So, you know, there's big hopes, big hopes. So we'll see. Fernando Alonso had a new floor exactly. here. You didn't. Did you see what you wanted to see? Did the team see the performance from that floor? Yes, yes. I think we had enough uh, running uh, in practice too, especially. It was uh, it was quite dry there. Uh, so we got uh, we got the data and we see the benefits. So um, so yeah, there's big hopes, obviously, on my side to try that.
I'm still I'm staying here actually. I'm testing on Tuesday uh, for the Pirelli tires for next year. Uh, so you know more chances for us to understand a few things from you know what hasn't been perfect uh, a perfect weekend for the team. But um, but yeah, it's good stuff. And you you've had a phenomenal relationship with Fernando, both you know helping the team progress forward. The cars got huge potential. We saw in Australia that Fernando maybe even got it could have gotten on pole if you had some better luck. You would have had the same opportunity. Those battles on track, they're getting closer and closer, but they're still respectful. A lot to a lot of people, it might look like, oh, there's a bit of rivalry there, but there's still great respect between you two. No, there is a there is a lot of respect for sure, and um, you know, it, it's very close between us. You know, when we are on, on having the same car, and when it's uh, you know close like it's been in the first couple of races, you know, there is a lot of respect, and that's what helping the team as well because. We are very open in all our discussions. You know, when there is something wrong, we say. When there is something to help each other, we do. And but the uh, GPS signal on the cars in Jeddah was the same. They they only see one GPS signal going for around one car. for for several several laps. <laughs> yes, there was uh, not yes, sure. not much uh, space between. It was uh, no. it was great. Yeah, it was it was nice. And I think also the pit wall was a little bit nervous, but I mean, it is what we want to see. So it's yeah, it's great. Sure. It's it's Thank great. You, it's Tom. happening. Thank you, Tom. No, I think it's uh, it's nice to fight, and we know how far we can go. You know, and the team's policy is, you know, as long as the you you guys race fair, um, we let you race, and uh, and you know, it's great to have that as well from the team. And what's the what's the secret now to progressing things forward for Alpine? You've got that potential. You've got a lot of Grand Prix coming up. What are any of the ones the ones that you're looking forward to? The ones that you've just gravitated towards whether it's in the junior career in formula one um i mean there is a lot of exciting ones uh, you know coming coming in uh, of course we have that miami new challenge but we have all the european rounds you know that i also look forward and i look forward to be back in monaco it's been a while uh, since we haven't been back there i look forward to be in my in the french grand prix in my home race you know a race that i haven't been doing well um you know in, in my two participations so you know, I look forward to all of those and uh, and see what uh, what we can achieve. But all the races are important at the moment because there are opportunities with these new rules each time. Any restaurant recommendations in Miami? Uh, I've never been there, ah. so um, the only thing I know is bad boys and and uh, <laughs> here, you know that that's it. You know, I don't know anything else. Right. I know you have to go. Look, thank you so much for thank coming you very on much. the show. Thank you. you guys, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Well, I think we've about covered it. It's great to have Esteban Ocon. I. I it's funny, I like him. And so, Mr. Damon Hill, I'm actually, I, I'm uh, substituting him today, yeah. isn't it? Have you got any, mes he... any messages for Damon? <laughs> um, I would kindly ask him to come and join us at the, in Copenhagen again. He did a, a brilliant job when he came and raced with uh, our royalty, Prince Joachim, at the, um, at the Copenhagen Historic Grand Prix in uh, a right-hand drive Lotus Quartina. And uh, I remember him doing the sort of the first practice with his open face helmet and uh, rushing to the hotel because uh, and uh, asking Georgie to bring his full face because, Tom, you said it's just for fun, but it's, it's bloody serious, this. <laughs> and, uh, and since then, he, he hasn't really talked to me, but I would very much like, <laughs> like to invite him again. Because, well, you're talking to him through the pod. Yeah, we had a... No, he's great. We had a great time in Copenhagen and we were so happy that he, uh, he came. And then we have an appointment about golf, but we haven't done oh, that yet. He's quite good at golf. Yeah, but um, I'm sure. Are you I'm, quite I'm good sure. at golf? Are you I'm, as good as I'm Sam sure. Power? Not, no, but just, just listen to the name. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's, he's good at everything. Sam? Yeah, yeah he's one of those annoying people. Yeah, I've got power. I've just got no direction whatsoever. That's my biggest problem with golf. It's terrible. And then don't even mention the putting, mate. Oh, God. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. 
say hi to Damon as well. And uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Tom. It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. DK, and thank you for it's being... It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Before you go, driver of the day. It, it, it can't be the winner. And when it can't be the winner, which he deserves, I would put uh, George Russell. Thank you very much, TK. Great to see you. See you again. Thank you, TK. Such a pleasure <laughs> to have him on the show. He's a champion, isn't he? Oh. I mean... I don't get starstruck by many people in this sport, but a nine-time Le Mans winner, Sam. He's got he's just got so much wisdom as well. You sort of listen to him and you kind yeah. of think that half the things he's talking about is sort of life coaching as well as driver coaching. And obviously the effect he's had on K-Mag and, and a lot of people in this well, paddock. And his teammates at Le Mans. What an inspiring man to have alongside oh, you in man. a team. But Sam, driver of the day, we've got to do that with you as well. Oh, now this is an interesting one. I like Norris. I, I, I agree with Tom. Russell was unbelievably impressive. Bottas, very good as well. I, you know what? I, I have been a bit of a Lando fanboy recently, and, and the guy just keeps delivering results. Um, but that being said, the amount of struggles that Mercedes are going through, I've got to agree with Tom. You know, it's got to be Russell. Unbelievable performance to get the most out of that. Tricky conditions. What a rookie season he's having in, in Mercedes. Uh, just, yeah, it's impressive. It really is. And, and he has put Lewis Hamilton convincingly away this weekend, hasn't he? It's, there's been no ifs or buts. He has been the dominant man for Mercedes all weekend. He has, but I, I, I do think that there's genuinely, I, I think there's more to that story. I, there, there must be. I mean, I, we're so often we've seen Lewis drive unbelievably well. He's pulled something out of the bag where, you know, you've heard engineers say, you know, their predicted lap was a 28.7 and then Lewis goes and does a 28.2 and it wasn't possible on the data. That stuff just, it doesn't go away. So whatever it is, I think it's going to come to the surface. But yeah, I mean, you've got to give it credit to George at the moment. It's okay. unbelievable. And for the sake of just giving a different name, I do agree. I think George has been fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm going to go with Yuki Tsunoda. I yeah. thought he was absolutely sensational. The way he built his weekend after a difficult start, qualifying, let's not forget, was not smooth for Alpha Tauri. And yet for him to finish seventh ahead of the I think we can call him team leader Pierre Gasly, who was also brilliant. I thought the way he kept Lewis Hamilton behind him lap after lap. But Yuki, and I'm also saying that for Natalie. She's had to go. And I know, she, Nats, you'd be saying Yuki, right? Anyway, Sam, thank you so much. It's welcome, been mate. a pleasure to have you back on thank the show. You. Thank you very much for having me. And folks, thank you for listening, wherever you are. Uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday, the 3rd of May, when we're going to be looking ahead to the inaugural, I love that word, inaugural <laughs> Miami Grand Prix. That is going to be uh, a fantastic Grand Prix weekend, that is. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios. See you next time. <laughs>